I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. When I hear the words location or navigation, the first thing that comes to my head is GPS. GPS. A global positioning system is a satellite-based technology created by the United States. But what if I tell you there's also an indigenous navigation system? So yes, NAVIC, which stands for Navigation with Indian Constellation, was developed by the Indian Space Research Organization or the ISRO. It is essentially an independent, standalone navigation satellite system. Originally approved in 2006, NAVIC became operational only in 2018. But wait. Why am I talking about NAVIC suddenly? It's because several news reports a few days ago suggested that the Indian government is asking smartphone manufacturers to enable the NAVIC navigation system in newly launched handsets. Because at the moment, NAVIC's use is quite limited. According to a Reuters report, it is only used in India for tracking public vehicles, sending emergency alerts to fishermen heading into deep waters without access to terrestrial networks. and monitoring and providing information about natural disasters now let's understand what's the rationale behind the indian government's urge to expedite the process of nav ic device activation actually it's quite simple india does not want to rely on global satellite systems for its navigation service needs unlike us based gps russian origin glonass galileo from the eu and china's baidu which are all global tracking constellations NAVIC was created with a specific focus on India and covers areas up to 1500 kilometers around it. Simply put, NAVIC has a higher degree of accuracy than GPS. Presently, however, phone makers in India including Samsung, Xiaomi and Apple among others have reportedly resisted, citing concerns that producing handsets that are NAVIC compliant would require higher research and manufacturing charges. The concern is especially high for manufacturers like Samsung and Xiaomi given that these companies are market leaders in India's price sensitive sub $200 segment and that developing dual band chipsets that support GPS and NAVIC would result in an increase in the cost of their respective handsets which also means the phones won't be as affordable as they are now in the country. Besides India isn't the only nation to push smartphone manufacturers to enable a homegrown navigation system. For instance The Reuters report noted that Russia too wants to make it mandatory for local smartphones to include its own GLONASS system to try and reduce dependence on GPS. Similarly, India too wants to lessen its reliance on GPS, plus using a native navigation system would also boost Modi's Make in India campaign. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with the food for thought hi i'm farheen khan and we'll be back for the deep dive for september 28 2022 after this short break when we were in college we, d- we didn't have options i did 5 years of engineering i was not cut out to be an engineer but why did i do 5 years of engineering it's because everybody did it was always there um like i said i was always i was always that kid that was like extra involved in everything um even in school like i was 
involved in student government i would try my leg at even things that i wasn't great at like mun sports teams all of it do you remember that tiny little mobile phone given to you as the very first souvenir for adult life or do you have that one epic statement that a favorite professor left you with on your graduation day these are these tiny little things some of which are the reasons why you founded your first startup some of which are why you made that career switch we talk to the many change makers across fields who tell us what it was like for them back in the days back in college here is a podcast that takes you back to campus with the disruptors of our country tune in to season 1 of the back to campus podcast with rajneel kamat co-founder at the signal.co catch the podcast on the signal.co website and any of your preferred podcasting app One of the least known UN bodies, the International Telecommunications Union or the ITU, is about to pick a new head this week. And this high-stakes election may just decide the future of the internet. This organization in the UN Specialized Agency for Information and Communication Technologies and the two key contenders for the next Secretary General of the ITU are the United States and Russia. You may not have heard about the ITU until now. You may not even find enough coverage on its upcoming elections in Romania, but let me tell you that this is easily one of the most important technological bodies in the world. Originally established as the International Telegraph Union in 1865 to regulate the first international telegraph networks, this UN agency predates many international organizations and is well older than the UN itself, which was founded 80 years later. But from managing the telegraph industry, now the ITU has come to be at the heart of information and communication technologies or ICTs. It mainly oversees and coordinates telecommunication operations and services throughout the world by setting global standards, protocols, and international agreements for ICTs, allocating and managing spectrums. You get the idea. So it goes without saying that in a world that is run by technology and the internet, The transition in ITU's leadership is quite an important event. For the past 8 years, the ITU has been led by Secretary General Zhao Haolin, an engineer from China who had previously served in a variety of senior management positions at the ITU. His term has been described as one that has been highly favorable to Chinese companies. And now, the battle is between Rashid Ismailov, the former Deputy Minister for Russia's Telecommunications Ministry, and American candidate Doreen Bogdan Martin. who is currently one of the three directors of the ITU now on the face of it both the candidates have a similar vision achieve universal digital connectivity to bridge digital gaps yet they both represent two fundamentally different stands on one side you have the US and the other western democracies that are pushing for the internet to remain decentralized they say that the internet should be governed by consensus between multi-state groups you know nation states civil society industries everybody should have an equal say on the other hand both russia and china seem to be on the same page that it's the states that should have a final say on internet governance what especially can't be ignored is a 2021 treaty where the two countries took a unified stand on preserving the sovereign right of states to regulate the national segment of the internet and emphasizes the need to enhance the role of the international telecommunication union and strengthen the representation of the two countries in its governing bodies Now that authoritarian regimes don't already have censorship on online content, but cyber policy experts believe that an authoritarian push at the ITU could change the very fabric of the global online network. There could be much more surveillance for starters. 
Now, if you ask who between Ismailov and Martin has a higher chance of winning, as of now, it could be anybody. And the decision will ultimately rest on the 193 national members of the ITU. The Signal is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Shorbori and Manaswini. Edited by Venkatanand. Mastered and mixed by Prasenji Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.